Welcome back to the Outsiders Podcast, episode 13. Uh, it's Alex Cohen and yours truly, Chris Bakke. We are without Michael Girdley today. Michael, uh, there was a new Chili's opening in San Antonio, so he's all tied up down there. Uh, but we miss him dearly, and he's going to be back next week. So, uh, Alex, what do you uh, what do you want to talk about this week? We only have one topic this week, and it's going to be great. Good. We're going to talk about the one and only Ryan Reynolds, his, the most successful actor slash businessman hottest guy 2020 2021 2022 funniest actor known as deadpool like we're just gonna go real deep into it today so today's episode is gonna be about ryan reynolds and probably more broadly uh celebrities turned business investors and entrepreneurs this is exactly what the audience needs is two straight white tech guys just gushing about <laughs> ryan reynolds for like 30 minutes straight but it, it, it is actually is pretty amazing i mean if for most people, it's like if you can, if you can be tall, ridiculously good looking, ridiculously funny, a movie star, married to a movie star, you know, bunch of kids, a sport, yeah. actually owning, I think, multiple sports teams, owning not only a mil multi million dollar business but now a billion dollar business. Yeah, like most people's bingo cards would be like pick one, pick two. He gets like all nine. What a lucky guy! So he got uh, them all. Let's, let's dive in. Let's dive in. So the Do news this off? week. Yeah, let's talk about the news this week. So for those of you who don't know, Ryan Reynolds was a uh, minority owner of a company called Mint Mobile. And Mint Mobile was kind of this uh, uh, cellular wireless plan that was offered at a very cheap rate, I think something like 15 or 20 bucks a month. Anyone could access it. You could, it worked on the T-Mobile network. And basically it was kind of today's cricket wireless, but in a lot more friendly of a brand. Ryan Reynolds was the spokesperson. So when you're watching TV, and an ad comes on, I talk about Mint Mobile. Um, that's Ryan Reynolds, now part owner of that company. And so uh, they got started in 2016. I think Ryan Reynolds became a, a minority owner a couple of years ago. And that's when the brand really started to take off as he was pushing uh, advertising and sales. And they struck a deal this week to sell to T-Mobile for $1.35 billion. And so the acquisition of Mint Mobile's parent, Kaina Company, will also include Ultra Mobile, an international calling service, and wireless wholesaler Plum. So Reynolds purchased the minority ownership stake in Mint Mobile in 2019. He is staying on in his creative role on behalf of Mint, where he serves as the company spokesperson, according to a press release that was announced in the deal. And it has been revealed that Ryan Reynolds owns between 20 and 25% of Mint Mobile. So he personally is going to net somewhere between 200 and $350 million from this deal. This is on top of him selling Aviation Gym a few years ago. Uh, we could talk about that when it was when it was um, when it was sold for six hundred and ten million dollars. But the guy just like is joining these companies. He's becoming the spokesperson. Their sales are blowing up, and then they're selling for boatloads of money. And he's making more money in these business ventures than he is as an actor. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah, after uh, you know Deadpool and Deadpool Two only making what eighty million dollars between both of those, <laughs> so it was nice to see the little guy get a win every now and again. But uh, yeah, this is this is crazy. I mean, I think when we were when we were discussing this in in the in the group chat, it was like um, so many business ventures. I think you know outside of aviation and, and now Mint Mobile that uh, that he's involved in that we're going to dive into. I think the most interesting thing for me about this Mint deal was, you know, it's basically like somebody else started this company. Uh, it's a wrapper on, you know, this already sort of like legacy brand. And yeah. um, the fact that, you know, you can create a billion plus dollars in value in a couple of years 
with like, you know, a single A-list or just doing some YouTube commercial seemingly is insane. <laughs> like, I mean, so many other celebrities are going down this path, which we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll dive into, but it makes so much sense. I mean, if, if, if that is what um, a single celebrity can do. And, and I also think it's going to like deals like this are going to completely change the game for spokespeople. Like we're going to yeah. talk about Shaq later in the pod, but like Shaq's Shaq. gotten critiqued in the, you know, in the past for being like, Oh, I'm going to be the spokesperson of, you know, Papa John's or whatever and make five or $8 million. No, he probably mm -hmm. should be making like $500 million from that. Yeah. Right. If Ryan Reynolds is taking 20, 25% stakes in all these companies, using his brand to promote them, getting his other actor friends. I mean, Hugh Jackman's been, been brought in to cross promote both aviation mm. and, uh, and mint mobile. Uh, this is like an incredibly smart thing for, for, you know, more of these celebrities to be taking equity stakes. Yeah, I totally agree. It's also not surprising when you, when you look at the size of T-Mobile as a corporation, $170 billion market cap, and then you look at Mint Mobile or Cricket Wireless or any of these that have really been built as a as a small company on top of this larger platform, it's not surprising that they created a billion or $2 billion of enterprise value by going after a small segment of the market which wanted low-cost cellular wireless plans. And we think a lot about platforms such as Shopify and Apple and all of these as you could build a company on top of their platform. No one ever thinks about a wireless carrier uh, maybe maybe not outside of the tech world. They do think they do think about it outside of the tech world, but um, building something on top of T-Mobile or AT and T is a, is a fascinating play. Uh, I was invested in a company that was an ISP in the UK actually, and they ended up not getting enough traction, and they got Aqua hired, and, and ended up being an okay outcome for everyone. But perhaps they needed that spokesperson, like their Ryan Reynolds, to go and promote a fast, inexpensive wire or ISP. Uh, and go get it in the hands of, of millions of people. And I think the thing that it's showing us is that customer acquisition is really, really hard to come by these days. Facebook ads are expensive. Google ads are expensive. Um, everyone's kind of competing against each other for for eyeballs and clicks. But if you have the right spokesperson as a part of your company who organically has the brand and the tone and the millions of, of followers, uh, you could bring that cost of acquisition down and hit an entire population of people without spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars per customer and, and, and building an unprofitable machine. So yep. I think yeah, we're going to totally see agree. a lot more of it. Yeah. And I, and I think what's interesting about this too is, is I feel like most celebrities or a lot of celebrities, um, overthink the deals that they're doing. One of the things that strikes mm. me that's very odd about Ryan Reynolds is if you look at his portfolio of businesses, you have this very low cost cell phone carrier where you need like a SIM card for the thing to work in the year 2023. You have a gin company. Yeah. You have, he's on the board of Match Group, right? Which is the largest global oh, portfolio wow. that owns Tinder, Match.com, Hinge, all these different things. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's married. So it's like, that doesn't really make a ton. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think he's just, I mean, he seems to be just going for the low hanging fruit where he can yeah. come in, you know, build a sizable equity stake and then, and then cross promote to his audience. And, I think people, people may, uh, they may niche down in their audience too quickly, right? Like mm. I think that, you know, if the average mint user is maybe younger, maybe like lower income, the average mm. aviation gin drinker, you know, I think it's a $40 bottle of gin, like that probably doesn't have a lot of crossover with that no. like younger audience. They're You've got match.com. He's, he's promoting one password, right? He owns a, a big stake of wealth simple. I think you mentioned earlier. So, yeah. um, this stuff is just like. 
uh, far reaching and he's using his brand to sort of tap into like a hundred percent of the possible audience. that's going to go to like an X-Men Deadpool <laughs> movie. Like he's going to monetize them, which I think is totally genius. Yeah. It's interesting when you say that because the, the Venn diagram of people who drink aviation gin and then buy mint mobile yeah, yeah. wireless <laughs> plans does not seem not overlapping. And so, uh, you know, I guess he's got a very versatile fan base Deadpool, but Deadpool is also one of those things where you have to really appreciate the satire and the comedy and the sarcasm to really enjoy that movie. Granted, he was in a bunch of rom-coms early in his career, but Deadpool, I think was the movie that brought him to the starlight that made him the most amount of money. I mean, Deadpool did 783 million in the box office sales. Um, and then Deadpool two brought in a similar amount. And so you've got these, these, this franchise generating a couple billion dollars in revenue, millions and millions of people are watching it. And so his reach and his audience must be really big. And I think it makes sense. He can kind of just pick and choose what brands he wants to go partner with a whole bunch of people are going to, are going to go, see him and and probably buy something based on his recommendation um and there's not that many yeah you know, i can't think of that many actors or actresses that have that broad of a reach like maybe keanu reeves is one dwayne the rock johnson's another one and he's got his own set of brands we can talk about um george clooney robert de niro so there are i mean and, and they've done those things if you have the brand and you can lean into it i think you go and do that and you go find the companies to partner with and become their spokespeople for yeah. Was, was George Clooney like the, I mean, of, of, um, you know, modern day actors, uh, you know, getting sizable equity stakes in these brands and then like using their personal brand to promote, was he like the first, not like the first to do it obviously, but like, was he the, I feel like he was kind of like the first, uh, yeah. to make a ton of money from doing it. Right. I think a lot of people mm. have promoted their own merch or they, they'll do like a Broadway show and they'll use their own brand to promote that of course. But like the first actor to say, I am deliberately going to go off and make like more money doing this completely separate thing, uh, than I am in movies. Like, was he, I'm trying to think of others. I think that, he, that normal, he definitely early. made it normal when, yeah. when you, I think when we all saw Casamigos sell for $700 million and everyone said, holy shit, a uh, liquor brand can go and sell for that much money. When we thought this was a commoditized space, um, I think is one of those things that was just not common in, in, in liquor as a category. I think that is one of the, the, the biggest places where celebrities are operating right now. You, you hear about a new, um, gin drink or vodka drink or, or whatever tequila that's being founded or marketed by a celebrity because it's one of those things where traditionally the liquor just sat on the shelf and mm -hmm. you went and you bought a bottle based on maybe some ads that you saw or what your friends were drinking at the bar. And now celebrities get to come in and say, Hey, this is the drink that I'm drinking. Don't drink all these other schmucks liquor on the shelf. You can drink mine. And so George Clooney did that with Casamigos. And now Ryan Reynolds is doing that with, or did that with Aviation Gin. There's other ones, right? Like what's the, uh, there was another billion dollar liquor brand. I forgot the name of it that everyone drinks. Um, I don't know. We'll come, I'm not a big drinker. So it's, it's not my, this is not my area of expertise, but uh, I think liquor is one of those brands. And we're going to see more, more and more types of brands actually get marketed by celebrities. So Robert De Niro is one of the mo more fascinating ones. I don't think many people know, but he started Nobu, like the restaurant Nobu that everyone goes wow. to. It's very expensive. It's, it's all over the world now. And uh, they have 40 locations. And he started that with a chef, but, and the chef's name actually is Nobuyuki, which I think where is the name, where the name comes from. But like Robert De Niro co-founded that company. And you would never think it's when crazy. you go to Nobu that it was founded by a celebrity. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I think a side, a side tangent is that 
most celebrities, one of the things that like as a, as a business person that bugs me is when I see celebrities who get really popular really quickly, I think in particular, mm. they always have the worst business ideas that comes after. And I think Merch. one of the ones that really makes me mad the most is like Mr. Beast. This guy has, mm. you know, gotten to be the number one or number two channel in the world. I think on YouTube, hundreds of millions, you know, hundreds of millions of subscribers across like dozens of channels. And he picks like the same lame things that everybody else does, right? He's like selling chocolate bars. He's selling merch. Like he needs to take a page out of this Ryan Reynolds book and <laughs> go get like a giant equity stake in software companies or yeah. alcohol companies that have SaaS like multiples. Like I was looking this up as you were talking about Casamigos. I don't mm. know if this is true, but it, it's saying that, you know, when this thing was valued at $700 million, they were doing just under 70 million in revenue. Like mm. you're not going to get that from a merch brand, right? You're not going to get that from a media brand. And so, yeah. um, you need to find something that has a decent overlap with your audience. But like I said earlier, I think celebrities probably overthink that aspect of it, but find totally. something that's actually a good business, right? Like, you know, if Mr. Beast falls off the face of the earth and just stops making YouTube videos, are people still going to be buying his chocolate bars and merch? No, no. but Robert, Robert De Niro can like stop making movies for 20 years and people are still going to go eat, you know, sushi at Nobu. Uh, people are still yeah. going to be buying their gin and tequila. People are still going to be buying one password software. Like, um, I think that that's one of the things that clearly agents, uh, like all these big guys at William Morris and CAA and stuff are probably dramatically shifting how they think about educating their celebrity clients on these things. Cause I think we've seen mm. so many celebrities get involved in like sports drinks and alcohol and, and now increasingly software, um, right outside yeah. of just being venture investors. But that's, uh, like if you're going to leverage your brand to sell a thing, make it a good thing. Right. And I think that that's one thing that a lot of celebrities have, have obviously missed in, in past yeah. years. And there's a lot of liquor brands, by the way. I'm, as I'm looking this up, it's 63, at least according to Esquire, 63 celebrity-founded liquor brands. The company I was thinking about before was Ciroc, which is founded yep. by Sean Diddy Combs. And so that, that's always been the super popular one in the past. Um, there's a lot more in here. I mean, as I go through the list, you've got Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul who have started a, a liquor brand. You've got David Beckham. You've got actually a lot that we haven't heard of. So at some point, this I think this will become commoditized and you'll be like, oh, another celebrity liquor brand. I don't want to drink that. But for the ones who have the reach... And I think, you know, we talked about um, Matthew McConaughey and Salesforce a few episodes ago, and, and it actually makes you wonder for enterprise sales, is that value there as well for something that you're selling to enterprise clients? And this is very much a D2C product. I don't know if it carries over in the same way to to enterprise CRM software as it does. It's still That still doesn't make that much sense to me, but this definitely does. You know, Matthew McConaughey came out with a bourbon and he was, and it was called like, three all rights, I probably would buy it and try it out, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but I don't think I'm going to go buy Salesforce because he's, he's recommending it. I mean, it's so, it, I think that's interesting. It's so hard to stand out in, in software though. It's like you have, you know, if you're, if you are one of, you know, three major CRMs and you're definitely like the leading CRM, um, but you have a lot of pressure and competition, you know, people chipping away at your business individually, like HubSpot and Outreach and Gong and all these companies are doing. Mm. It's like, and you're dealing with a, a multi-billion dollar budget. What's, what's going to be the thing that pushes a, a chief revenue officer or VP of sales over the line, not to buy your product, but to like attend the webinar, show up to the event, show up to like mm. the concert. Like I think, you know, Mark Benioff has done a great job of this, of just like, it's hard to get people excited about the Salesforce chipmunk 
yeah. as like a, you know, as, as like a branding play. <laughs> but if Alfred. we get Red Hot Chili Peppers and Metallica to play our shows, then we get people to show up to the shows. They meet our sales reps and the Salesforce reps like do their thing and, you know, lock people yeah. into like 40 year deals. Um, and I think, you know, Matthew McConaughey is, is probably a, a good extension of that, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like what, um, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, it's becoming so hard to bring new software to market. It's so crowded. Mm -hmm. What's the thing that like a series C series D company could do to differentiate from one of their like massive public competitors is probably like throw $5 million at an A-list celebrity, yeah. right? Get them to come on as like, not only a spokesperson, but actually an equity stakeholder or an equity holder in the business and, you know, give that person a significant stake in upside and say, you're going to be on every webinar. We're going to use your name and likeness, like, and just see, right. I mean, even if it only has crossover with 10, 20% of the customers, totally. Um, if those people get excited about that, it's, it's uh, it's a super interesting way to kind yeah. of bring things to market. And I don't think, I don't think it's going to be just A-list celebrities anymore. It's going to be your A-list TikTok stars and it's going to be your mm -hmm. A-list YouTubers like Mr. Beast and, and Charlie D'Amelio. And, and there, there is a startup bank account called Step that did this with Charlie D'Amelio. They paid her a ton of money. You know, she's the number one TikToker in the world. I think she's got the most amount of followers, more than, than the Kardashians, Selena Gomez, everyone. And they paid her a ton of money. They gave her an equity stake in the company and she became the spokesperson for the Step banking account, which was designed for parents and teens. And, um, from, from what I hear, and I don't know the exact metrics, it blew up because of that. Like all these teenagers were signing up, they're asking their parents for it. They will follow what their favorite celebrity does. And a celebrity is not just a person is in the movies, although I'm sure she will have her own movie at some point or, or star in movies, which is usually the extension of these TikTok uh, famous people. And, and so there's, there's all these people who are famous and have a reach. that's not just celebrities anymore. And so you've got the Paul brothers, like them or not, they've built an incredible business empire. Um, Logan Paul's now a professional WWE wrestler, and he just started prime drink with another famous TikToker, or Viner or whatever, whatever, wherever those guys became famous. And it's the number one fastest growing sports drink in history, like zero to a hundred million in sales in, in under a year. And that's crazy. They're posting it on their YouTubes and their TikToks and their, and their Instagrams and every, every single place. And people are buying it and it actually does taste good. I've tried it. And so I hate to admit that I like, didn't, I didn't want it to be good, but it is kind of good. <laughs> yeah. And, I see uh, it everywhere now. It's, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, is it, is it really only like a year? They're a year into that with prime. Um, prime drink sales. I mean, it was, it's been oh, wow. Actually. So Paul confirmed that the sports drink made 250 million in retail sales and grossed 110 million internally. Um, which is crazy. I think they just started it a year or a year and a half ago. I remember when they were coming out with it and you have to think Logan Paul's made a ton of money in other ways, YouTube ads and, and sponsorships and whatnot. But, but this company is going to get bought by Gatorade or by Pepsi or by Coca-Cola or by J and J for three, four, five billion dollars, because let's face it, they're going to get to half a billion or a billion in revenue. It's going to turn them into probably close to billionaires. And so it's it's the best thing I think that a celebrity or famous TikToker influencer can do is go launch a brand. I think merch is kind of a it's the old thing. It was easy to do. You drop ship some merch and you throw a logo on it. Now you should build a real brand. I think Jessica Alba was actually kind of the queen of all of this. She started the honest company. Uh, they went public, I believe, right? They went public at one point and yeah. um, almost a $2 billion company. And I think not only she was she the face of it, but she was the, she was the active CEO for a long time. And so 
um, you know, she really started that whole, Hey, like I'm getting out of acting and I'm going to go build a company because I know the brand. I know who my, my audience is and, and the honest company made really good products. And so I think we'll see a bit more, uh, this sort of bifurcation. It happens one of two ways, either one, you go and like build this company yourself and you say, I'm, I'm actually stepping into the CEO role as a celebrity seat turn CEO, or uh, you start a brand and you sort of put an acting CEO and you become the figurehead in the face of it because it's the same arrangement kind of that Ryan Reynolds had with Mint Mobile, except you're at, you're there at, at inception instead of coming in later on. Yeah, that's super interesting. I guess what's the, what do you think the low hanging fruit is here? That's one thing that I always think of. It's like you have mm. this, you have 50 celebrity wine brands, you have Ciroc on the vodka side, you have aviation gin, you have like five tequila brands, you have you know, honest company and, and Rihanna and the Kardashians going after skincare and makeup and stuff. Yeah. It's like, you have to, I think it's hard to find th these things that are like big enough where you can actually make a billion dollars if you get it right as a celebrity, but where you don't, aren't competing with 50 other celebrities. I don't know that that mm. actually matters, but I do think about that a lot. Like, yeah, you know, who's, who's going to take over like, uh, like whole milk or orange juice, right? Like, is that, <laughs> is that all that's left? Is that... <laughs> like I don't the know. rock I don't, is going to just have a whole milk brand or something. I don't know what brand on the shelf ends up being sort of this, this space for alpha right now, but I don't, I, I will tell you where I don't think it works. I don't think it works in D to C apps. I don't think that there is this world in which I become, I launch an app as a celebrity and I can expect millions of people to download it. We've seen this tried now. Chris Hemsworth had launched a fitness app. It kind of fizzled out. I don't think it has a ton of usage. Um, I think that's a lot harder. You you can't just sort of rely, either you're relying on your personal brand to market something, which I think has to be a CPG product. People have to buy the thing. I don't think, uh, you know, social apps or, or, or sort of general consumer apps. Andy Roddick, for example, is an investor in in a, in a tennis app, which basically tracks your, you can, you can put this camera or you put your phone behind you on a tennis court and it records your tennis play. And it actually calculates all the speed of the shots and where they went. And then you can play this back and, and analyze your footage after. And he's an investor in the company and he's also a spokesperson. Um, it's hard to say if, if he was the founding CEO, if he wanted to be that, would it, would it be more successful and have more usage? I don't think so. I think there's only so much you can sort of beat a horse when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the marketing behind D2C apps. And so I do think it still needs to be something that people are buying off the shelf for direct to consumer. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Cool. What else, what else do we want to cover? Any other, any other celebrities, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I think one thing on Ryan, on Rye <laughs> guy, rock. uh, you know, I, I texted him to come on, um, and he, oh, man, uh, he, he didn't, didn't respond. He didn't come on. Oh. No, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> one, one kind of crazy thing, I guess, wrapping up with, with Ryan is, um, and I think we've seen this a lot with celebrities, um, and we'll, we'll continue to see this. I, I think, uh, he founded this thing called maximum effort, which is mm. a, a hybrid of a production company and marketing agency. If you follow Ryan Reynolds on YouTube, he has one of like the funniest, not, not funniest celebrity YouTubes, just like funniest YouTube channels out there. Like I said, he pulls in these other celebrities. He like co-brands, uh, he co-brands their products. He co-brands his own products like aviation, gin, mint mobile, um, Wrexham, uh, his, his football club. And he co-founded this in 2018, um, with this guy, George Dewey, who worked on the marketing team at Deadpool. Um, and they just announced, I think a year or so ago that they're part of an ownership group for a 1.2 million square foot studio that's being built in Ontario. Sure. So this idea that not only is he like 
I'm going to take equity stakes in these big companies, but now seeing the success of Deadpool, Deadpool 2, all these different things, like we're just going to become our own production company and also mm. marketing agency. And we're going to start making our own movies. We're going to own all the production. We're going to be responsible for marketing it. Um, I mean, I think it shows like if he, if he has faith in himself where he's able to take a SIM card powered cellular service company and, you know, help turn it into a $1.4 billion outcome, he should be yeah. able to take his own movies and do a hell of a lot better at marketing them than whatever this like formal marketing team that sits in Hollywood is like able to do for mm -hmm. him. And I think it'll be super interesting. I don't think that they've, um, I think that they've done a lot of work, uh, off of like short films. It looked like they had worked with Taylor Swift and helped with a bunch of stuff on her last album. I don't know if they've done any like feature films or, you know, kind of like long form television series yet, but, um, it's something to look out for. Cause I think clearly this guy is like a marketing genius. And so if he starts yeah. kind of putting his own content through funny. that process, it should be interesting. I find him really funny. I do want to point out though, uh, the size of their studio is going to be one eighth the size of the Gigafactory here in Texas. So just to put that into perspective, That's <laughs> I insane. looked it up. The Gigafactory, Texas is 10 million square feet, which is pretty nuts. Um, I've driven by it and it takes, it takes a whole two minutes to actually drive on the highway 70 miles per hour and go from one side of the Gigafactory <laughs> to the other. <laughs> but 1.2 million square feet is huge. I will say when we think about what's next, um, Ashton Kutcher did a really good job of this, starting a venture fund, making a lot of really good bets. Uh, I think we'll maybe see more of that where um, uh, Serena Williams is now has a big venture fund. Her sister Venus is getting into it. And so there's probably some white space there for, a, for celebrities to come in, have the brand associated with them, sort of launch it as a family office where it's probably a bit of their money and then some of their friends who are other celebrities' LP money, and then kind of pick and choose if you're going to incubate, if you're going to invest in a company and become the spokesperson as a way to have additional upside in, in what in what you're investing in. And so I think maybe we'll see more of that uh, as well as a, as a potential thing going forward as more more celebrity founded venture funds. Yeah, I could I could definitely imagine that or, or at least when when times get better in venture world. Uh, yeah. And, and people, you know, need to Bad put times. their money to work again. Yeah, I still think we should rename the podcast to it's uh oh wait what did i say uh, it's all on fire or it's all it's all all right <laughs> everything everything's all right uh everything's this is right. fine i think we have this, a lot yeah. of uh or this we is need to put fine. another poll out there yeah we do um well cool that's today's episode um we hope you guys enjoyed it we were we've been told we need some more original content i think this is pretty original who else is doing a 25 minute episode on celebrity investor slash entrepreneur slash whatever else these people do to keep making more and more money the rich get richer while we just stay poor. And so anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like, subscribe, uh, tell your friends, post us on Twitter, roast us on Twitter. Um, I'm no longer Please buying anyone glizzy hot dogs because it's draining my bank account. So don't ask me for any more glizzies. <laughs> no more, no more marketing budget left. We need uh, Ryan Reynolds to come in as a, as a partner here. And uh, I, then we can I was hoping the that glizzies. he would be the guest on this episode. That would have been a lot of fun. Sad. Maybe next time. All right. <laughs> next time he sells a company. See you next week. See ya.